This is James Bretney, and you're listening to Outside the Lawn Box. Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of Thinking Outside the Long Box. Blue cheese with wings is literally the only way that you should eat wings. That's not true! No, no, that's true! Uh, Today on the line, we have Red Williams. You may remember him from American Gladiators or as Jax in Mortal Kombat, uh, Annihilation. And he is a motivational speaker out in the country, so you may have even seen him around uh, telling you that you're awesome because your name is spelled right, Hannah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is right. Red, welcome to the show, man. How are you doing today? <laughs> I am well. Thank you very much for having me. Um, so, you know, the reason we asked you to be on the show is because we did an episode where we talked about Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat Annihilation, and then the new Mortal Kombat movie. Which was amazing. Yeah, which she really liked. <laughs> so, so the first thing I kind of wanted to ask was, what was the experience like working on uh, Mortal Kombat Annihilation and kind of, you know, having to portray a character that had been done before and is also from a video game the experience was 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 awesome it really was even getting the role was awesome i walked into some meetings that i were not even planned uh, met the casting people they asked me to read for it i read for it they liked me they asked me to come back in a few hours to meet the director he liked me they asked me to come back in a few hours after that to meet the producers they videotaped me filming on um, video and they liked me. And that day that I walked in there, they gave me the role for Jack's uh, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. So coming from the American Gladiators, because we had just wrapped and um, it was a wonderful experience getting it and then filming it. We went around the world. We filmed. I went to Israel. I went to on my passport, they stamped Korea. They stamped Lebanon. I went to Wales. I went to Thailand, Ayutthaya, and Bangkok. I literally went around the world. So it was a once-in-a-lifetime experience. That is really cool. So, you know, traveling around the world, getting to see, you know, all those different places, you know, working on this movie, was it, I guess, like, was it kind of an eye-opening experience having, you know, been in the NFL and then working on American Gladiators? You know, that's all kind of homebound. Like, you don't really go anywhere besides the States. Was it kind of like a big deal to get to travel around the world for the movie? It, it, it was, but it was also a spiritual experience for me. I am, um, all my life, I wanted to play professional football. I wanted to... M- rush for 2000 yards more than once because OJ Simpson, my hero had done it once. And then a couple other people had did it once. I was going to rush for 2000 yards more than once enter the hall of fame and then become a sportscaster for the rest of my life. So I had it all mapped out and planned out. Um, I broke two bones in my back and it ended my football career, but traveling around the world for mortal combat, mortal combat annihilation was like, the creator saying, I have bigger plans for you. I have bigger plans for you. The world is bigger than just the United States. And he literally showed me that his spirit encompasses the entire globe and people are starving for some real spiritual connection to the creator. 
And so that's what it was for me. I got to pray while floating in the Dead Sea. You know what I mean? I got to pray in the temples of Petra, Jordan. I got to pray in the temples of Bangkok and Ayutthaya. I got to do some things in the holiest places on earth. And so it was it was it was amazing. That's that's incredible. Like, you know, you wouldn't think because a lot of the time, like when you when you are acting in a movie, you know, that's the pure focus of it is just work, 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 work. You know, you we talk to a lot of actors where it's very much like that. But being able to have like this really intense spiritual experience, you know, what was it about the journey that made you feel so connected to like something beyond you? In September 1991, um, I had a, a, a nephew. He was shot 29 times in the back by the West Covina SWAT team while he was asleep in his bed. No weapons were found and he was completely innocent. They settled out of court for a million dollars. Nobody went to jail for it. And I was just with him six days before he got killed. And it was a terrible experience. Shortly after that, the riots took over in L.A. because of more killings. And so I was in spiritual turmoil at the time. Um, From that moment on, I wanted to make the world better for my children because I had kids. But I also had to give them a roadmap to be able to communicate to the creator. From that moment on, I quit drinking liquor, September 1991. Haven't had a drink since. That's 30 years, even though I only drank recreationally. Haven't had a drink since. From that moment on, I began a journey. Six months after that, I'm an American gladiator. After I retired from the American gladiators, six months after that, I'm in Mortal Kombat Annihilation. So something had clicked. It was like the creator said, you're ready now. Your dreams are out of the way. I'm going to prepare you for the rest of your life. I'm going to put you in a position where you can make the world a better place. You know how to fight. I need warriors these days. And I should go down to my car, push pause and get you my black belt. Dang it. I have a black belt. (laughs) My black belt has red, six red sashes on it. Because from the time I was a little kid, I started at Chuck Norris Studios in Torrance, California. And now I'm still a martial artist. My kids are martial artists. My granddaughter is a world champion in jujitsu. She won two gold medals at the world championships year before last. So fighting has always been in my blood. And the spiritual fight, and you see it, there is so much animosity on earth. There's so much anger on earth. There's so much this person yelling at this person on earth. And we need to get back to a place of love. Your daughter loves me already, and I love her already. That's where we need to be taking the world. And that's that's what I'm going to do. So the spiritual part, I you can't control it. You, all you can do is try your best to connect to where you came from, and then let him fill you with, with love. That's awesome. When, you know, you have this spiritual journey, you have the martial arts background, you know, a lot of the, the ideas that are in a lot of the martial arts movies kind of mesh with those two things. Obviously, yes. Mortal Kombat is definitely a departure mm-hmm. from that because there's a lot of like arms ripping off and things like that. You know, 
how did working, you know, how did working on a martial arts movie with a martial arts background feel like, was there a lot that you could offer when you were creating fight scenes and things like that? Or was it very much scripted out of your control? Okay. I, I know it seems like I, the points that I'm making are redundant. I don't mean to go there, but listen to this. They wanted me to wear no shirt for the last half of the movie. So I had to really get in shape. I was already in pretty good shape. All right. I was a gladiator. So I stayed in pretty good shape, but I had to get an optimum shape to be able to walk around with no shirt on in a movie for three or four months. So my body is my temple. So I had to stay connected spiritually at all times in order to keep my body looking right. Now I pray to Father Yahweh. That's who I pray to. All right. Um, that's the name given to Moses in Exodus 3.15. I pray to Yahshua. I don't use J-E-S-U-S. I said that to say that there's a different type of strength that comes from praying to Father Yahweh and praying to Yahshua. And going to the Dead Sea in Israel, going to the temples that I went to, and having to stay in shape. So I had to spar a lot. I got to play with some special forces guys in Israel. You know, we, we're tough guys. So we like to play with each other. And I learned some tricks from them and I showed them that push come to shove. I can hang pretty good. Um, I went to a bar in Bangkok because they had this tough man contest (laughs) and you could go there. And if you win, you win the pot of money. So I go to the bar. I waited all day. I didn't drink, but I waited all day. And when the fight time comes, I want to be on the card. I want to fight, even though I'm uh, an actor doing a movie. I wanted to come and whoop the baddest in Bangkok and let's go. But I couldn't because I was 220 pounds at the time. And, you know, the biggest guy in Bangkok fighting was like 150 pounds. (laughs) They wouldn't let me fighting. But I was one of those. When I retired from the American Gladiators, my manager sent a letter to the UFC for me to fight in the UFC. So I've always taken fighting seriously. I've always taken spirituality seriously. I've always coined this model, and I still use it today. The spirit moves the body. The body doesn't move the spirit. So if you think it, you can do it. And that's what I believe. Now, I still have a nice physique for a 58-year-old man. Um, I can still get under three plates and and lift my, my weights. I've never done steroids, never seen steroids, didn't take amino acids. Did not take um, protein powders and all that other stuff. It was always peanut butter, jelly, milk, uh, hamburgers, cheeseburgers, and hard work. I used to say my prayers to the creator before my workout. I would dedicate my workouts to him. And that would keep me from cutting my workouts short. You know what I mean? It would keep me from cutting corners. And so... The spirituality part has always been a part of me using what I do. If we were in each other's presence right now, I would get up and I would kick the top of the doors for you with my left foot and then with my right foot to let you know I'm still kind of flexible. I still have principles that I can deal with that would allow me to protect myself. And spirit is very important because it allows you to believe that you can win. That's what allows you to believe you can win the spiritual position that you're standing in. I'm tougher than him. I work harder than him. I'm smarter than him. I'm faster than him. I can take more than he can take. You know, it's the spirit of it. That's cool. It's, it's cool to hear like, 
somebody that's an actual martial artist, somebody that really has dedicated their life to that, talk about these kind of things because you know, my uh, I have zero martial arts experience other than watching kung fu movies on Sunday afternoon. You know, and a lot of the things that hey, that'll you know, get you black belt. That'll get you that'll get you black belt status in your brain. Yeah, <laughs> you think you know what you're doing, and then you realize, oh, I can't fly. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. So, but it's interesting because a lot of the concepts that you're talking about, about being in tune with your spirit and your body are, are the things that they talk about in the movies. And to know that, you know, that you're coming from that place in reality is really, is really interesting. You know, so <laughs> you did football, you did American Gladiators, you did the movies, and then like, it just kind of, you then went on to be you, like to do your own things. You know, when, you know, when you, when I read, like I've read a few bios about you and stuff like that. And it talks about how you fell off, you know, the face of the earth, basically, because if you're not in front of the film, you're out of, you know, public consciousness, which is completely irrelevant to real life. You know, when you stepped away from, from all of that and focused on other things, was it more of a relief to do that, to be able to do your own kind of things, or was it kind of something that you missed over time? I got a spiritual message, and the spiritual message told me to sit still. Hmm. And so I did not know what I was going to do when I sat still. Um, in the process of sitting still, I studied. I studied with a with a rabbi. I studied my scriptures. I, I studied, and I took that as eventually Father Yahweh will put me where he wants me to be. And now I'm doing Zoom interviews again, and now I'm <laughs> requested everywhere to do speaking engagements. And people are saying, wow, you look the same, except for the hair. If you dyed it or cut it, you would look the same. Hallelujah for that. Um, it's like I let go and I just allowed the spirit of the universe to move me. And that spirit of the universe, of course, again, I call Father Yahweh, but I let it move me and it, it puts me where he wants me to be. Um, I'm asking for things now because I don't have an Instagram. I don't have a Facebook. I don't have any of those social media things that have taken over the world in the last 20 years. I don't have them. Maybe I need to start getting them to pump up where I can be found for spiritual advice, for spiritual prayer, for spiritual guidance. Maybe I need to put it out there so that I can be found for more motivational um, opportunities. Maybe I need to get out there now for this. He's showing me little things like maybe you're ready to get back into the world. Check this out. Maybe, maybe the fornication demons are gone now. Maybe the adultery demons are gone now. Maybe the 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 cursing demons are gone now. The getting high demons are gone. The drinking demons are gone. You know what I mean? Maybe I can go back into the world now and be stronger in a light as opposed to just somebody that does what everybody else does. Hmm. That's interesting. Like it's, 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 it's completely fascinating to me that you have had like this very full front half of your life where so many people would be like, Oh, I would love to be in the NFL. I'd love to be on TV. I'd love to be in a movie. And you walked away from it to do yourself. And that's incredible. Like that's an incredible like that's an incredible way to like experience like a life journey. It must be 
I mean, I feel like it must be incredibly educational to like walk away from that and to just focus on, you know, your own reality. Let, let me say this to everybody that's maybe listening. It's not my journey has not been a fun journey or, <laughs> or all positive. There are some things that I still say, what if I would have did this different? The Rams, when I was with the Rams, I had a wonderful um, preseason. I was a running back, drafted out of Kansas University. And Eric Dickinson was going to be the starter. He was an all-pro Hall of Fame running back. Charles White was the backup. I had an outstanding camp. I honestly believe with all my heart and soul that I should have been the number two running back besides Eric Dickinson. But in the back of my mind, I was saying, I'm going to do so well. They're going to get rid of Eric Dickinson, and I'm going to be the new man with the Rams. So the Rams wanted me to go on injury reserve meaning I sit out that season and I, I still get a check, but I sit out that season. Mm-hmm. But all my life, I wanted to play pro football. My mother had passed away December 22nd, 1982, when I went to college. And, and, and there was still a hole in my heart, you know, but I wanted to play in the NFL. Uh, the Hall of Fame basketball player, JoJo White, was one of my agents when I left college and went to the Rams. So I asked him for my release as opposed to sitting on injury reserve with the Rams. The next year, they traded Eric Dickinson away. I ended up tearing my groin with the Raiders and missed a season. It was a strike season, so I still ended up getting paid 90% of the season, so I didn't have to be a scab, and so that was a good thing. The next year, I signed with the Chargers. I go from last on the depth chart since I was a free agent signing to first string, and I'm going to be the starting running back for the San Diego Chargers. Now my dream is about to happen, and I broke two bones in my back. In the last hitting practice before the season started and my career was over. So I always wonder what would have happened if I would have just went on injury reserve with the Rams, been patient, and then took over next. Mm-hmm. I didn't. So I still have, even though Father Yahweh came and got me, I still have those what ifs in my mind. You know what I mean? What if? I still would have been a Hall of Famer probably in my mind. I would have been a Hall of Famer. In my mind, I would have gained 2,000 yards twice. In my mind, these things would have happened. But I started to do me, and the plan was circumvented, and it never happened in football. Even though becoming a gladiator years later, I was the I was the grand marshal for the Hall of Fame parade. Mm-hmm. And so Father Yahweh ended up taking me to the Hall of Fame anyway, just <laughs> – just not the way I envisioned it. You know right. what I mean? So you have to follow your spirit and you're still going to have questions like what if, but I always wonder what would have happened had I would have, had I let them put me on injury reserve and I just sat and waited in place. Would I have still been able to make the hall of fame in football? Yeah. I ate, sleep, slept and drank football yeah. and baseball was my, my older brother passed away. And before he passed away back in 2012, I said, tell me something about me, Lafayette. That's his name. I called him Bunky. I said, tell me something about me. He said, well, I know you should have played pro baseball instead of pro football. He said, you were the only kid I know that could hit a home run, but the ball never go any higher than six feet. Hmm. Line drive, hard. Every time you hit the ball, you hit it hard. So there's some other things that I could have done, um, but you cannot regret what you did do. You just got to make the best out of where you are. That's awesome. So I, I know you can't talk very much about American Gladiators because ESPN's getting ready to do a 30, 30 and 30 for it. Yes, uh, but 
it was always my dream to stand atop the tower and shoot the machine gun that has tennis balls in it. Is that that as fun as it looks? It is fun. And I have, (laughs) I believe I have more one shot kills than anybody else (laughs) in the history of the gladiators. I mean, with with the shooting opponents with the first ball, I have more first shot kills than anybody else. I was so it was fun, and, and, and because there was no danger of us getting hurt, you know yeah. all the other events you have to worry about getting hurt. It's I I was completely obsessed with that show when I was a kid, and I I wanted to be on it even though I was like a child, and I would practice by throwing a tennis ball at the wall and letting it hit me. In the head. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Well, Red, we're getting kind of close to the the end of my time with you. You know, you say you don't have any social media and stuff, but are there ways online for people to find you or should we look out for something? Um, Go to forevernoble at yahoo.com. Okay. That that. You might be able to find me there. I think that's my email, Forever Noble on, on, on yahoo.com. So also, I'll come back to you when I get some stuff set up and you can make an announcement for me. That you know, would be awesome. In terms of when I get my Instagrams and, and no grams or whatever they are, I'll, <laughs> I'll go down the line and, and, and get them hooked up. But the name of my, my, my organization is I have a Forever Noble. Inc. It's a foundation. I try to help homeless people. I try to motivate people awesome. that need motivating. I try to defend those that can't defend themselves. I try to lead them to spiritual enlightenment. You know, I, I try to, just like you heard me speaking today, I try to encourage everybody because we all have a spirit inside of us and you have that which you need in order for you to flip the switch on and become successful in whatever it is you really want to go for. Mm-hmm. That's cool, man. And like- satisfaction, and oh, satisfaction but- comes in. And satisfaction comes inside out, not outside in. For sure. <laughs> you know, it's it's interesting. You and I have very different paths, which is awesome and something that I definitely respect. And it's it's cool to hear you say positive things about what has come from your journey. And, you know, hearing that you've taken everything that you've learned to help other people is something that I can have nothing but respect for, man. That's pretty awesome. So (laughs) thank you. I appreciate that. Well, Red, thank you again for your time, man. You know, it's awesome to talk to a gladiator. It's awesome to talk to Jax from Mortal Kombat. Like it's, I know it was a little bit of a little bit of a struggle getting on right this morning, but you look great. Yeah, Thank you're, you. You're still ripped as hell. So <laughs> only the parts that I'm showing you. Yeah. <laughs> but thanks again for being on the show. We really appreciate it. We can't wait to see what you do next. Hallelujah. I, I agree. And uh, I look forward to talking to you again. Let's don't make this the last time. Okay. That sounds great, Red. Thank you so much, man. You're welcome so much. <laughs> Have a wonderful afternoon. Thank you very much. on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon, and YouTube for behind-the-scenes information and more content! 
Thinking Outside the Long Box is a Baron Space production. 